Magazine to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in the Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Long hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And uh, Cleveland! This is for you! Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs, joined as always by my partner in crime, it's Evan Damrell. Today's podcast is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Evan, how's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going pretty well. The Cavs are been off for a few days. We have some promising news. Matthew Dellavedova and Kevin Love might be back tomorrow against the well today against the Philadelphia 76ers. And things are starting to be on the upswing for the Cavs. We might see a fully healthy Cleveland roster with maybe less than 20 games to go, but a little bit of a silver lining, I guess. How are you? Doing good. I can't believe we're in April for one. You know, there's know. still like six weeks left in the season. We talked about it earlier in the week that we have draft dates now, which is a is its own thing but you know it's a very interesting time for us to be covering the team and thinking about things and as we progress here um and i I, you know you can touch on this more because you were at the the zoom availability for practice on wednesday but do you you get the sense that they were happy to get uh i get the sense from just asking people like on background like i think they needed a couple days did you get that sense as well from what they said in, in the zoom media availability yeah, I kind of got that vibe. It felt like it, this road trip, especially when they hit the West Coast and they had a ugly couple losses there, especially against the Lakers. The Kings game was a backbreaker and the Jazz was just demoralizing. Um, I think just having a few days back home, just you know, a little bit of an energy and a vibe refresh, as the kids would say. And uh, Philly's a tough team, but it's actually a team Cleveland's beaten twice. And they could go for the series sweep um, today, and that'll be fun to see. But other than that, yeah, I think the vibes are better. And I also think the fact that they're a little boosted by the fact that they could get Delvadova back, they could get Kevin Love back. Like, those are, believe it or not, Delhi's a key piece now because Cleveland doesn't really have a backup point guard at this point. And that'd be a huge addition for the Cavs. And also, I don't know, I just like I said, it'd be nice to see a fully healthy squad, but I think a few days back and some home cooking would definitely help. Yeah, so let's on today's show, this first segment, we're going to talk about the latest injury news. On the second segment, we're going to preview the 76ers game. And then on the last segment, we're going to talk about the, the roster and sort of how it's built at the moment. But Evan, let's talk about the injury news. So uh, Dylan Windler listed as doubtful. Um, I believe mm-hmm. that Delhi and Kevin Love are both questionable. Jared Allen, I believe, is still out with a concussion. Correct. Uh, was Larry Dan- Larry, and wasn't Larry's Nance listed as out as well. Okay, so Larry's going to be out. That's, still, that's obviously a blow, I think. But the the kumbaya factor is so little low when you have so many key guys out. But I I understand why people will hear the name Matthew Dellavedova in 2021 and get a little like, are we like should we be excited about this? Like should this matter? Like his apex was obviously like you know the first finals run and everything like that. But Evan, I think he's a DNA piece that although he's not the long term answer at that spot, although he's not even like an optimal fit. Think of, let's think back to Dante Exum in preseason. Why did we get excited about Dante Exum? Because Dante Exum was this guard who's going to pass, who's going to defend, who's going to move the ball, who's going to run the floor, who's going to kind of keep things organized and play the sort of backup point guard role that was sort of distinctly different in style than 
Garland or Sexton. Long term, I think if you're going to go with this backcourt, you need more of an Exum type than a Delhi type. But because Exum is now injured, was traded and is obviously was injured and all this stuff, Delhi's the biggest approximation you could get of that on on this team right now. Um, he's he's beloved. I think he's done a from all accounts done a really good job of coaching guys up while he's been out. Obviously, he had the concussion and then he had the appendectomy, and it's all kind of it's been a it's been a rough year for Delhi in that sense. But getting him back is going to help. I don't expect him to be like a great player or like to be like the long-term answer at this spot you know but i think he's in a position where he can do some really good work as a passer as a as a ball mover as a as a guy who's going to keep things organized i think there's that's a dna piece that while like i understand getting excited about all the young guys you could play or, or leaning into more versatile wings and stuff this team just where that clearly i think kind of needs that element to it yeah they really do um maybe like you said he's a dna piece and he's more of a coach, and that's the best way to describe Dilly. He's is he is an on-court coach for the Cavs at this point. He has taken an active role in taking young guards like Colin Sexton and Darius Garland under his wing. I remember I talked to him about this actually last year when I said, "Listen," and he was honest with it. He's like, "I realize Cleveland has two young guards that they're building towards the future with, and I may not play as much, if not at all." And I mean, under Bayline and for an extent, Baker Staff last year, he was a bit of a safety valve when things went sideways, but. He said, my job now is to help guide and mentor these players and kind of teach them what I learned. And he said the, the biggest takeaway was is like, oh, what LeBron taught me, uh, how to take care of my body, how to maximize practice, what to learn from mistakes on the court and not to like let things take you down so much. And like not every possession is your last possession. You have to just forget it and move on. Things like that, key things. And I think just having Deli on the floor helps a lot. Um, he's not exactly what Exum could have been for the Cavs because Exum is a big guard and he can play defense. And like that pairs beautifully alongside Colin Saxon and Darius Garland, but Deli is a grinder. He's a scrapper. He'll play defense, so that helps a little bit. Most of all, though, he's a facilitator, and I think the Cavs need a little bit of that, especially when Darius Garland has to sit, because in theory, and at least last year we have evidence of it, when you pair Della Vadova and Sexton together, it works, and you just kind of keep rolling with that and see how it works there, but yeah, no, I think he's just a key piece for the yeah, yeah, I'd say he's a key piece for what the Cavs need right now. And maybe he's more of a coach, and maybe that's what he's transitioning towards. I don't know what his future holds. Um, for those of you who don't follow Matthew off the court, he is invested in a lot of tech startups at this point. So he could be pursuing that venture once he finally does hang it up. But for now, he's good to go. And contrary to what the Athletics said, he's not going to retire, I think, anytime soon. Well, I, th- I think more than anything, I think he's going to make a run at that last Olympic run with Australia, which would be, um, and it, I think something that mattered to him, and I think clearly does matter to him. I don't, I don't even know, like retirement wise, like he may not choose to retire, but I don't know how many, like you know, like NBA contracts he really has left. Like it's just sort of oh, a no. thing where like he'll get a couple minimum deals, but he's not going to get like anything. But it'd be like it'd be like major. Cleveland or like a veteran team that just like want like a team that just wants like a veteran third guard option who's not going to play. Like he's going to morph into that James Jones kind of like memorial roster spots so to speak and those guys have value i i'm even though i'm sort of like a let's maximize the roster guy like in a lot of ways i think like you do need that kind of piece on a team like having an adult around yep. is really valuable um i think the other thing here that's important to note about delhi is i just think like that they have other pieces that they've tried to have fill this role and they haven't worked damien dotson got a crack and he's he's been you know very shot heavy like he's his he's he's more likely to shoot threes and take pull-ups and attack one-on-one than he is to kind of move the ball and do that stuff um jetty osmond in theory like could have been this player but you know he hasn't played in two games he's been a gunner this year i don't really know quite is has what totally caused that but like he's not that kind of guy and he has always kind of shown the potential to be kind of like a quasi like 
backup point guard kind of like that was sort of like I think at least in my mind sort of like what you thought he might be able to be and he flashes passing but then like he will just take crazy threes and stuff Delhi's just not going to do the stuff that's going to be harmful and I think there's some value to that Um, as far as Kevin goes I I don't I think he seems less likely to be available for Thursday yeah I got that impression too um, from doing some behind the scenes research as well after kind of Wednesday's media availability or you know Kevin was able to practice. Dell is able to practice. They are both going to be game time and daytime decisions, if that makes sense. So they'll see how things go and shoot around or practice. Then if they have a game that evening, see how their bodies respond to that. And if they're good to go, maybe JB will throw them out there. But yeah, I think if you had to hold a gun to my head and ask me who's going to play tomorrow, I'd say Dell Vadova is more likely than Kevin Love because Kevin Love has a calf injury, which, you know, it goes hand in hand with his Achilles injury. And you cannot be too careful, more too careful with that. Because you don't, that's it's essentially a time bomb, and you don't want to rupture that and derail almost an entire year for Kevin at that point, especially at this age. Like, that's just devastating for both him and the Cavs. And I'd rather err on the side of the caution, make sure he's 100% healthy. And like I said, I still wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs shut him down for the year. Like, there could be a report that comes out in a few days saying, like, okay, Kevin tried to give it his best, his body's still not responding, we're just going to shut it down and get ready for next season. Yeah, I also think there's a case where, like, I think if you do bring him back and you want to go that route, I think, number one, they need him. I think there is, like, I I think it's very clear that you sort of need what Kevin can do to sort of speak. Like, you're getting some of that from Dean Wade, but, like, not all of it. Um, Dean's really just doing the three-point shooting part of it, not really the other stuff, I would say. And then number two, I think we saw how they brought him back last time, right? Like, it was very cautious. Um, He played, like, very little in that first game against the Pelicans post the All-Star break, and then he, what, played like a couple minutes, maybe like a minute or so in that, in that second game and then checked out and, and we haven't seen him since. So um, he's been traveling with yeah. the team. Um, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, he went through practice. I, th- I expect we'll see him, but we'll see. I think it's going to be very much like that Pelicans thing where you're not going to play him 25 minutes right off the bat. You're going to play him 10. You're going to ease him back in. And look, I understand if fans are get frustrated with this, but this, this is where the Cavs are at. They are not going to push Kevin out there to try to make a run at the, at the at the, the playing tournament they're in sort of a little bit of no man's land right now in terms of yeah. being in between the bottom four or five teams and then the playing picture and i think like they obviously are still going to try and compete but like they're not going to they're not going to force something that isn't there and i think it's pretty clear that they're more with that bottom five than they are like the playing tournament teams i i don't really think there's an argument that they're more like a playing tournament team than, than not you know um yeah. like they're what's i think six i think they're six back of atlanta but also six they back are, of the Wolves for the worst record in the league. Like they're literally yeah. right in the middle of this in a lot of ways. They're the first. They have the fifth worst record in the NBA and are six games back of the eighth seed and four games back for the play-in tournament, which is the tenth seed. And I don't think you need to rush Kevin Love back to try and get to that. You want to prioritize a draft pick. But Chris, you know who might help make the Cavs make a push? Our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Who is it? Well, literally that Michelob player ultra of the week made a push that almost won the Cavs a game against the Sacramento Kings. And that, that player is Colin Sexton. So Michelob ultra, uh, we name our player of the week here. We're giving a, this award to a player who brings joy, happiness, enjoyment. And I think when Colin Sexton does stuff like he bolts down the floor, gets a game time bucket or game, go ahead bucket to maybe win the Cavs a game. It makes a big place. He's one of the most exciting players the Cavs have had in a long time. He's, he's just absolutely electric when he gets on the court and Evan, it's 
frankly, like if I'm watching him and I'm trying to relax, like a Michelob Ultra is not a bad way to go. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Remember, joy creates success. Enjoyment is in the end game. It's the whole game, and it's really only worth it if you enjoy it. I think Colin Sexton enjoys basketball. That's why he's oh, the yeah. Ultra Player of the Week, and uh, that's why Michelob Ultra is a, a great choice if you're looking for a, a little beverage out there to to sip on. A nice cold beverage, if you will. That's how they hand out after marathons and things like that. And Colin Sexton's a runner. He's one of the fastest players in the league, and he'd enjoy a nice cold Michelob Ultra. I wonder if Colin would run a marathon. If it, it would, if, how, like how long he would take him to be like, I can do this like effectively. Uh, I'm sure if you asked him, he'd probably sign up tomorrow and just dominate. Like, I'm gonna push us. I'm gonna I'm gonna push a sled up the hill at for 26. Yeah, he's miles, gonna so handicap like, sure. himself with a weight sled, but. After Colin's done pushing his weight sled and cooling down with an ice cold Michelob Ultra, he can also tune in to Locked On Today podcast. The Locked On Today podcast is where you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with host Pete Bukowski, who updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts such as Chris and myself. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, probably the same place you find Locked On Cavs. All right, back here on Locked on Cavs. Chris Manning, Evan Damerill here. If you're checking us on yes, WKYC, hit the follow button uh, on our handles below. We're at Locked on Cavs. Evan, let's dive into the 76ers game. So the big thing, obviously, aside from the Cavs injuries we mentioned, uh, which would lead us to, I think, believe that Isaiah Hartenstein is probably going to be starting at center again. Um, I think the first thing to just note here is that Joel Embiid is still going to be out. So he is getting closer to playing. But according to Locked on 76ers host and Philadelphia Inquirer beat reporter Keith Pompey, uh, Embiid is not going to play on Thursday. Um, we'll see yeah, if he comes back later in the thing, but yes. He's out. Former Cavalier George Hill is out. Uh, former John Balan disciple Ignas Brazdikas is out. And then Mason Jones is also out for Philadelphia for this game. So it's going to probably be Dwight Howard versus Tower Crowd himself, Isaiah Hartenstein. Hartenstein. Jury's still out. He might have been trolling the media when he said what how you pronounce it, but... You asked me this during our locker room session, and I'll ask you this now. Do you think Isaiah Hartenstein will draw 2,038 seconds against Dwight Howard? Or Ben Simmons as well. Ben Simmons has the size. It's possible. I mean, you get guys going downhill at him, and like that that's thats a risk you're running for the Cavs. And, you know, like we saw against Utah. I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but I felt like when they were having to switch everything and they weren't really playing their normal stuff, I didn't feel as if they looked as quite comfortable on that on that end of the floor. So that's something they do a lot, right? Like they they've not been yeah. a switch heavy team for the most part this year, and I, I conceptually I think they understood it and they weren't like I think busted by any means. At least on like that one watch of that game I did. That's not a game that I you know <laughs> no one needs to rewatch that game except maybe the people have to cut tape for it. But. Um, I, I don't feel like they were like a plus on their switching. It's just not. It's a, it's it takes time. Like that's that's a real mm-hmm. challenging, committed defensive structure that you have to get used to playing at a high level. The Cavs just have been playing drop with with their big sliding back and and playing the middle of the, of the floor with a big, so to speak. So, um, yeah, that is what it is. I guess Evan, the other thing for me in this game, aside from that, is just like how how does the Cavs rotation shake out a little bit for this game in particular? We're gonna talk about the roster, but like. You know, Dylan Wendler's doubtful, but um, and we he has like some kind of knee issue. But you know, if he play, if he's Larry healthy, Nance is out. Um, right. Kevin Love's probably out. Like Ben Simmons is technically their point guard, but he is a four. Yeah, traditionally, Simmons, well, Simmons guarding Sexton should be. Would I be wondering if they, I think they had him guard Garland last time? I want to. I wonder if they'll switch him on to Sexton this time around, or if they like do something else. But. I, I, I mean, specifically, like, you know, if, if Wendler's healthy, does he play? If if Jetty, 
you know, Jetty's on an injury report. Is he going to be benched for a third consecutive game? Is he going to remain in, in sort of limbo there on the bench, kind of figuring out what's going on there? Like, does know. Roderick Thomas start again? Like, does he play a lot? Does Lamar Stevens play more? Like, there's all these little questions about what kind of grouping you're going to see. Like, I think when the team comes back healthy, your your groupings become much more direct, right? It'll be Garland, Sexton, yeah. Okoro, Torian Prince, Larry Nance Jr., Jared Allen, and then, like, you know, the so-and-so. But for now, like, especially with, with what going on with Jetty, I wonder if JB goes back to someone or, or whatnot for this game and if that pretends anything going forward. I think JB is going to have to lead on size against Philly, like, you look at Sacramento, they start De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill is traditionally a two-guard, but he's a little smaller as well. So he's playing the three. And then they had Rashawn Holmes, who is the same height as Larry Nance Jr. So that's like a more – and Larry started the five in that game against Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit more of an even matchup. Utah is more of a tr- traditionally structured team. They have Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, who fit the size of a one-two then you have Bogdanovich, and then you have, I think, was it Royce O'Neal who starts for them? Uh, so that's like, yes, because Bogdanovich so, and Clarkson are coming off the bench. Oh, no, sorry, Ingles. No, Ingles, Bog- no yeah. sorry, Bogdanovich starts and Ingles come off the bench. That's what I thought. And then Rudy Gobert is a traditional five, and so then the Cavs got shredded because they didn't match up traditionally with the five, and that just kind of fell off from there. But Philly is a big team, and they're kind of a weirdly constructed team because, like I said, Ben Simmons is, has the body of a power forward at six foot ten, but he plays point guard for Philly, and I know part of that was Brett Brown being cute, saying he's a point guard and he should you know play the four that's always been my thing but also that makes tobias harris a little clunky the sixers play positionless basketball other than at the center position because clearly dwight howard and joel and beat are fives but everything else is kind of a crapshoot for philly with like seth curry being the smallest player in their starting lineup and seth i believe is former cavalier seth curry i believe he's like six three six four if i'm right um sorry six two my apologies so they're bigger. I mean, their backcourt is massive compared to Sexton and Garland because of Ben Simmons alone and Seth Curry's bigger than both of them. But I don't know what JB's really going to do in this situation because if Larry was available, you drop him into the three, you play Dean Wade at the four, and then you throw Hartenstein, or if Jared Allen is available, you put him at the five, and that makes a little bit more sense. But I don't really know what the Cavs are going to do when it comes to the three, so maybe they go with Roger Thomas again. Maybe they counterbalance Philly going big by going small and try and make a run with it that way. But I don't know, maybe Kevin Love being available makes things a little bit more uh tenable at least i mean you could maybe start kevin at the five and that'd be bad but also well, i don't you, know hardenstein isn't well, great you, either no i mean i think you go hardenstein for the size love like you know tobias has had a really good season but like his playmaking off the dribble juices like i think kevin can would you go wild there. enough would you go wild enough go wade love and hardenstein together absolutely not <laughs> Because, no. I mean, no. Tobias Harris has some of the vertical speed of a three. Yeah, but then are you are you not playing a Coro? Like, I, there's there's just a lot of, like, ripple effects. That uh, I, think. I, I guess I, I do forget about Isaac. Isaac does have this little bit of the size to defend Simmons to, at times and Harris, yeah. too. But it, it, guess, Philly's a weird team. Like, they're yes. a tough team. That made Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I think, Evan, my biggest thing here is just, like, I just want to see how JB handles, like, Jetty and, and those players. Oh, yeah, that, too. Uh, Jetty... Dwindler, I think he does have a knee injury. Like fans pointed out that he had ice on his knees. You noticed he had a brace. I noticed he had a brace. I, and I asked, and I asked about it, and JB was like, "No, I, not that I know of." And then you know, the biggest coach answer ever. But like, we also Jetty's said, no, been, we're not. Like Jetty's been benched. Jetty's been benched, and I think that's okay. 
but you know i think jetty's in the doghouse i don't know if he's gonna get out of it and then let's put it this way the Cavs were pretty desperate for players to play against utah the other night and jetty didn't see the floor once and he had his gear on with a warm-up on and headband and everything like he was ready to check in at any time and jb didn't call his number one so he could very well still be in the doghouse against philly on thursday and if that's the case I don't know. Um, it's just an interesting way to think. I don't. I don't know. I feel like Jetty could play, but I also feel like they're kind of making him earn his minutes back because he's been so erratic lately. It's just a weird thought exercise to think whether or not he will or will not play. Before we go into break, Evan, let me just ask you this: Do you think Jetty sh- is someone that is like worth keeping in the rotation because he shoots? Is that like enough of a reason to put to play him in your mind? Uh, you have him on a short leash, though. Yes, I do think he's worth playing. It's because of the shooting and three-point shooting, especially he provides, but you have him on a short leash. So if you get, like, an erratic bad Jetty Osmond, you pull the plug on that sucker real quick and just say, all right, you're done for the night, and I'm not going to let you jeopardize or let this lead balloon because every three-point attempt he misses is as bad as a turnover in my mind. So if you get a locked-in Jetty, yeah, stick with it. If not, you just pull the plug and then you shorten your rotation a little bit. Is it frustrating? Sure, but I think the Cavs have no other options. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with just full-time benching him, just kind of a, a, a play-by-play approach with him, which is a shame, but that's kind of how it is. Yeah, I think you got to figure out what's going on there. But, um, Evan, you know, if the Cavs are looking for a snack as they're pondering all of this, I think we should tell them about our friends at, at Bilt Bar. And we've obviously been telling everyone about Bilt Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on every bar. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Evan, today's matchup is Coconut Brownie Chunk versus Mint Brownie. A doozy. Who do you got? This is a doozy, but I think I'm going to go with Coconut Brownie Chunk after my Dark Horse Cookies and Cream was defeated by my other love, Cookie Dough Chunk. So... Why don't we get a newcomer going against a tried and true classic? Because everyone's had cookie dough chunk. At some point in your life, you've had a cookie dough flavor protein bar. So why don't we, uh, why don't we root for the? I guess this is the UCLA of this bracket at this point, the coconut brownie chunk of our region, and yeah. see them get to the finals. Well, to me, the coconut brownie chunk is the Paige Beckers of this. It's just player of the year, built bar of the year kind of thing. So that's where I'm at. But co- coconut chunk, brownie, coconut brownie chunk all the way. Go to BuiltBar.com or do Built underscore bar on Twitter to follow along. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. You know, surprisingly enough, there aren't any odds on Built Bar Madness. But if there were, our friends at BetOnline would have them. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So if you're interested, head on over to their website, either using your computer or mobile device, and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus using the promo code LOCKEDON on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts in the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credential draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, Evan, the last segment. So let's talk about the rotation. And the Cavs have two, and specifically the roster. So Cleveland has two open roster spots. They have two players in Broderick Thomas and Lamar Stevens, who they've, I think, considered uh, trying to transition their deals to regular NBA contracts. They did that with Dean Wade, obviously, and Dean Wade signed a four-year deal with a bunch of non-guarantees in it, paid him like a little above minimum, I think, but um, not significantly more. And then, you know, he gets at least some kind of commitment from the team. I would say that that's, that's a kind of a trendier deal structure among players like this, like Oklahoma City's done it with Moses Moody, and, and uh, the Cavs did it with not just Wade, but Alfonso McKinney. Um, Evan, what do you think about what, if you're Cleveland right now? You have th- two roster spots open. If Delhi's back, I, I kind of assume that Quinn Cook's not sticking around. Nah. We'll see. Maybe 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 that changes if Delhi doesn't look right or something. But do you have a take on what you would do with those last two roster spots? Uh, definitely convert Lamar Stevens to a deal to a fully get or to a full contract. Uh, he's more than proved it at this point. Lamar Stevens has been consistently solid for the Cavs whenever he plays. Not saying good or great, just solid. Like you call Lamar out there, he's gonna get you a couple buckets. He's gonna play solid defense. He really can't complain too much. He's not much of a shooter, even though he's stroked from the on the arc a few times in the last few games. But you don't expect it to be reliable, and that was kind of his biggest bugaboo coming out of Penn State. But I think Stevens has kind of earned it. Um, much like Dean Wade, Dean Wade played well in some spurts, and he played better in Canton, and I think the Cavs are comfortable with converting his 2 you know, to fill some roster space and just develop him further. And I don't know. If the Cavs have an extra two-way contract, maybe they stick it with Marquise Bolden. I'm still not 100% sold on Broderick Thomas yet. I still need to see more of him to feel more comfortable about it. It's just, you know, I've seen a lot of Lamar Stevens at this point. I'm thinking, why the heck not? And I've heard the Cavs kind of plan on extending Lamar's contract into a more of a normal one and maybe they bring up Bolden just for some center depth while the team gets healthy again or they do something else that and I don't even know who's really on the free agent market right now like I know I, mean, I was gonna jokingly say look there's no one that's like let's go like, to Cleveland like Jeff like, Teague kind of people talked about but he that didn't happen obviously and yeah then I mean the Bucks clearly I, like are just super teamed over because they got Jeff Teague and reunited him with Bud so just gotta get him Kyle Corver, but um and like I was going to tell you DeMarcus Cousins today, but DeMarcus Cousins is going to sign at the Clippers, which I think is a great addition for L.A. Um, I mean, I don't expect much from Boogie. It's a shame how his career has ended up because of injuries. But um, I don't really know who else Cleveland could sign. But there, maybe there, like Shabazz Napier? I don't know. I mean, there's there's probably like a G. Uh, this, this is where I, I think this is what I would be. If I'm if I'm Kobe Allman, if I'm Gainsey, if I'm the brain trust, I'm looking at this and saying, okay, like we have these two open roster spots. I'm trying to go find G League guys that were really, really good and at least bringing them in for the rest of the season and seeing what you can do. I think you want to try and get as many shots as you can, not on veteran guys that, um, you know, you sort of know what they are and there's not really any upside. I think you want to find the most interesting kind of players that you could bring in and maybe they become rotation guys. And, like, I think Broderick Thomas is an example of that. He's really long. You know, his offenses look pretty bad since he's come up from the G League, which was obviously with Rio Grande, and then he signed with, with um, the Cavs in a two-way and then moved over to the charge. Uh, you know, Lamar's offense isn't great either. He can't really shoot the three, although he did one the other night. Like, you have some real work to do on those guys. But that's that's always going to be the case on fringe rotation guys and fringe roster guys that, you know, weren't drafted that are trying to prove themselves in the league. I think that's sort of where you ultimately fall with a lot of those guys. I, I think if I'm them, more so than going out and signing a veteran, you know, like if you had traded, you know, if you didn't get Harden signed back in the JaVale deal, I think, like, Maybe you go out and sign any center, like pick a veteran center if it's Bolden or, or like a, a veteran guy or whatever, like go do that. But I think now with these roster spots, 
I think you're looking to just bring in talent that you're interested in. And, you know, like, I, I don't think there's anyone besides, like, Garland, Sexton, and obviously I think Okoro a little bit because he's a top-five pick. Um, but I think when you just look at what the right and the Anson Jared, obviously, but I think in terms of the depth of your rotation, there shouldn't be anyone that is like immune to competition, right? Like Dylan Windler's got to yeah. prove it. Lamar, Lamar and Broderick, as much as I think people can get excited about them. And I personally think Lamar has looked really good in a lot of sports. Hasn't he's got to prove it. Dean Wade needs to continue to prove that he belongs in the league. I think you want to foster competition, foster a culture where like you really do got to earn it. That's something JB I think does believe as a coach by all indications, but that's how I would approach it. If I'm saying I got these two roster spots, you know, we're not going to go into the tax if we sign these two guys to like cheap deals for the rest of the season. And maybe like there's like a camp invite attached to it for next year to kind of entice them to sign it. And then you build that way. I can't tell you like any guys like Paul Reed obviously is with Philly. Um, you know, Broderick is there. Like Kevin Porter Jr. is one of the better players in the bubble, and that we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But like, I, that's how I would approach it more than like, let me get Shabazz Napier for the rest of the season. Um, well, let me ask you this then: How would you feel about maybe taking a stab at someone like O'Shea Brissett or Jeremiah Martin? Like those are both wing players that Cavs kind of take a gander at. Well, Martin's more of a is a point guard. I should be corrected, but Brissett's a small forward shooting guard. He's six seven, two ten. Uh, played at the Raptors nine oh five for the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season. He was in the Fort Wayne Mad Ants for the G League bubble, but um, and he finished second team All G League this year. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's some players like that, but I guess those would be options i'll ask you about that but also if delhi doesn't work let's say delhi is like an abject disaster like it just something's wrong would you be opposed to the Cavs taking a step to somebody like i don't know jeremy lynn and just seeing how that works because i don't know lynn hasn't signed with the playoff team yet which surprises me because he's a i think a good enough backup guard to like or stop up some minutes of the team and like let's say like the lakers have a need and like they're more so looking at isaiah thomas at this point there must be something up but i don't know i i it's tough because, like you said, Paul Reed is as on a two-way deal, and that'd be like the ideal player to sign. But I don't know. There, there are some options in the G League for sure. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. I, th- I think any of those guys can make some sense. Like Tyler Cook, uh, I think he signed with someone at least on a ten-day, but he would have made some sense for me. Like I, I think the the teams and and people like that that cover the G League will that can give us a better answer in this. But this is like what I would be. I would just be finding guys you're interested in. Um, like, Elise Johnson would have been someone before he ended up in Brooklyn. and um, Like, there, there's, nope. a, there's guys. There's guys. Noah like, Vonley's available, and that's intriguing. He's always been intriguing to me. Yeah. I think you just, like, where the league is at. Like, even if these got not all these guys end up being, like, hitting, I think you just want as many shots as possible. I, I, yeah. I just think I'm – I just think you want to be pursuing it that way versus settling for, like, that. Like, I think if Delhi goes down, like – I would be interested in Jeremy Lin because I like Quinn Cook and he's beloved as a teammate, but he's a little shot hunty more than yeah. I think the Cavs Wait. probably need. Wait, so. why don't the Cavs just go all in on the hilarity factor and sign Leangelo Ball? No. Why? He had to give me a he's reason. He's not why. good. He's not good. But then we'd have all the Ball brothers assembled. It's like assembling. Ultron, or not Ultron, Voltron, or the Megazord, Chris. It'd be fun. And for those of you listening, I have a little bit of a smile on my face because I'm trying to break Chris's brain as we wrap up. You did, because LaMelo Ball is not, LiAngelo Ball is not good. LaMelo Ball, very good. LaMelo Ball, good. (laughs) I was about to catch you in a Justin Rowan. Yeah, Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, like if if there's, like, if there's someone, like, on the Raptors 905 that's good, 
go for him. Like I Gary, I think Gary Payton uh, the second is like a really good defensive point guard. Is that interesting? He may be signed with someone too. Like that's just what I would do. I just am more interested. I I think that is more interesting to like go after like the next type of Broderick Thomas you're interested in versus like veteran like a veteran guy that you like know what they are. Yeah, I agree with that. And I was mostly joking about Lee Angela. He is not very good. Um, the Pistons aren't very good themselves. I mean, if you want to sick. sell some jerseys, like I guess like you could do worse. You yeah. know, like if you want to just like hey, we have it's a like, ball it's brother. Like, Seth Curry come being a Cavalier for a hot second, but um, to answer your I mean, question, though, Gary I mean, Payton II is about the affiliated. fact that I saw a family of people before the twenty, what are they, twenty seventeen eighteen season when Isaiah started. I saw a whole family walked around downtown Cleveland in Isaiah Thomas jerseys, and I think about that a lot because I just think like people will buy jerseys. They just well they bought jerseys. Like yeah. someone, someone will be like, I'm gonna wear this Langelo, uh ball jersey to uh, Bonnaroo in the fall, which is happening. I learned today. Uh, hey, show, shouts out to WKYC's own Ben Oxerod. He'll be rocking his number six JaVale McGee jersey at uh, Coachella. He strikes someday. me as more of like uh, he's going to get like uh, whatever team, ju- like a like a Dwayne Haskins, rep his Buckeyes, get like a Dwayne Haskins, like uh, Washington football team jersey or something, you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense like for fun. sure. Yeah, yeah it does right, for sure. Evan, any final thoughts? Any, any takes you want to fire off here before we get out of here? Uh, no, not really. I'm just kind of looking forward to see how the Cavs are looking. We'll know more so tonight um, if Kevin and Deli are available. And then we'll just kind of move forward from there, just see what happens next. But hoping that we see a fully healthy Cavs scene to wrap out the year because it kind of gives me a better idea maybe if we have a larger sample size of where the Cavs should go from here as well. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i diving into the draft a little bit now. That's been kind of fun, and we'll see where we get there. Uh, one guy that I'm becoming sort of fascinated by, and I can't tell if it's a good or a bad thing, is Jalen Green. So maybe we'll have to talk about him um, at some point. Maybe we'll get a draft expert on to talk us through what Jalen Green is. I'm, I'm a little concerned about his diet based on the GQ video that he did where he was like talking about how much he loves candy, but... I mean, I respect it. He's 19, too. So why, well, who, am I to, like, who am I to judge? I'm 20 I eat terrible and I still now. love candy. So, yeah, yeah. I have no room to talk. Yeah. All right, but thanks again for checking us out. If this is your first time finding us on WKYC, we do this show five days a week on audio format, anywhere you can find a podcast. Come follow us on Twitter. I'm at AmNotEvan. He is at CWM Rights. We are together at Locked On Cavs, where we will be posting quite often. Sometimes I uh, get Chris in a little bit of hot water, too. But yes. until next time, go Cavs. Locked on Cavs is your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast covering the latest news, rumors, and game action from the Wine and Gold. You can follow us on social at Locked on Cavs or give us a call and leave a voicemail and we'll answer your questions live at 440-673-3605. If you want to contact the show, email us at LockedOnCavs at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by going to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It's produced and hosted by Chris Manning and Evan Damerl.